Today, we're going to talk about diversification and how it may be your worst enemy. So I am on the something something advisory board for the finance and economics something department club at Coastal Carolina University. I don't I don't I, I'm on this committee and I don't know what it is. It's uh, it's something for the finance and economics something. <laughs> they bring in business people from around the area to serve on this board in an advisory position on finance and economics at the university. So this is what I do. And they have a student-run portfolio at the school, which is pretty common. Lots of colleges have student-run portfolios. It's not a huge amount of money. It's about $140,000. And what happens is, is that when they have these advisory board meetings, they present the portfolio at the meetings. And the kids put a lot of work into it. I mean, it's like an hour-long presentation, and there's you know there's a big PowerPoint and slides and stuff like that. And they go into the justifications for all the investments. So the last time I was at this meeting, and they said, I don't remember the exact numbers, but they said, well, the portfolio is up 4%, and the S&P 500 is up 4%. And I said, well, that's kind of a coincidence. But I started looking at the portfolio, and basically what they're doing is they have sector ETFs, XLE, XLI, XLB, XLK, and they, uh, they're basically the portfolio is made up of these sector ETFs in proportions that are almost exactly the same as the S&P 500 index. And they have some single stocks, but they're very small positions. I mean, last time they bought CVS and, and they bought two shares. So, I mean, this, the single stocks are very small and it's mostly these sector ETFs. So what they've effectively done is they've built an index fund. They're managing an index fund. Which, if you think about the purpose of a student portfolio at a university, ideally what you'd like to do is encourage the students to take risk and do some work on some stocks and pick some stocks. And some of them are going to work out and some of them are not. And they're going to make mistakes. And we're not talking about large amounts of money here. So if you make a mistake and you lose 5000 bucks, it's really not the end of the world. And that's the purpose of a student-run portfolio, to allow kids to take risks and make mistakes. But they built an index fund. It's absolutely an index fund. Now, it's not an index fund. It's a closet index fund. So it's close to the index, but not exactly the index. And if you've ever heard this term closet indexing, you know that closet indexing means that you're kind of hugging the index. You have 50 to 80% overlap with the index because you have to keep up with the index, but your chances of beating the index are very small. So it's a closet indexing portfolio, which is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Because the whole idea of a student portfolio is that the kids get to take risks and make mistakes. And what's weird is that people are really touchy about the money, like they really don't wanna lose money. And I'm like, look, like in the context of the budget for the school, which is probably a couple hundred million dollars, like this is really, we're like dicing mouse turds here. This is not a it's not a big deal, you know. Let the kids make mistakes. Now, I haven't seen the portfolio in a while. Stock market's gone down about 10%. My guess is that the student portfolio is down about 10%. And everybody's going to feel bad about that like this is a failure, but no, you built an index fund and the index fund went the index went down 10% and now you're down 10%. It's nobody's fault. 
but it's an index fund. It's nuts. It's nuts. And that's the thing with diversification. This is a perfectly diversified portfolio. It's about as diversified as you can get. Within those sector ETFs are all the stocks, the S&P 500. So basically, they own indirectly every stock in the S&P 500. So it's perfectly diversified. And you end up with one giant index fund. I mean, not that index funds are bad. Index funds serve a purpose. And the purpose of an index fund is you buy an index fund when you don't know anything. When you don't know enough to pick individual stocks, then you will buy an index fund. That's the purpose of an index fund. I wish, you know, I think the greatest financial innovation of all time would be a crypto index fund, a crypto index ETF. Because I invest in crypto, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. I'm picking these cryptos like Avalanche and One Inch and Polkadot. I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I would like to do is just buy an ETF, market cap weighted with all the cryptos, and I just want exposure to crypto as an asset class. Because I think crypto as an asset class is going to go up. I do. I have very good reason to believe that. But trying to sort of jerry-rig my own portfolio of cryptos to sort of approximate an index fund is just a big waste of time. So I wish there was a crypto index fund. Now, a lot of people do this with stocks. They say, I don't know anything about the stock market, but what I do know is that the economy is going to grow over time and corporate earnings are going to expand and stocks are going to go up, which is, which is a reasonable bet. You know, over a long period of time, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, yeah, I mean, I think in the short term, stocks are probably going to be lower, but over a long period of time, yeah, they're going to be higher. 100% chance. You know, I fully believe that. They have these things called world funds, which is an index fund for the world. It basically has every stock in the world. Now, there is some uh, some selection that goes on because they you can't realistically own every stock in the world, but you can own the big ones. But a world fund basically is every country, every country stock market in an ETF. And if you buy a world fund, what does that mean? Well, it means that you're you're just getting long the planet. You're getting long human progress, which is such a crazy concept. And that is perfect diversification. Okay. So when do you want to pick single stocks? You want to pick single stocks when you know something, when you know something. When, you, when you've done work on a stock, when you've done work on the fundamentals or the technicals, and you have reason to believe that the stock is going to go up. The caveat here is that most people think they know something when actually they do not. People have very uninformed opinions about stocks. I mean, a range of uninformed opinions. And on the low end, you have like the AMC people. Those are very uninformed opinions. But even just like your average investor, like, hey, I think Amazon's going to go up because the holidays and more sales and whatever, like that's their thesis and they don't have any data to support that. And let me tell you, there are people much more sophisticated than you that are doing work on this kind of stuff and you're at a huge disadvantage. Okay, but people like to pick stocks because it's fun. If you are perfectly diversified, then you will get the returns of the index. If you are less diversified, then there is a chance you may beat the index or the index may beat you. And of course, 
Imagine you are perfectly undiversified. If your entire portfolio is one stock, then yeah, you might kill it or you might get killed. But this happened. It's happened last year with Tesla. You had people who put all their money in Tesla and the stock went up like 10,000% and they all got rich. And I, Chef does not recommend you do, you do that. You put all your money in one stock. For these people, it worked out. It's not going to work out most of the time. But the professionals know that the key to beating the index is to have very concentrated positions. And they talk about this concept of diversification. Because the more you diversify, the more you're averaging your returns and your returns become more average. The more concentrated your positions are, the better the chance you have of beating the index. Not like beating the index is really the goal. The goal is just to make money. But yeah, I mean, if you have concentrated positions, you have a better chance of beating the index. How many stocks does it take to be diversified? Well, I've read a bunch of textbooks on this. The old textbooks used to say you need 30 stocks to be diversified. Now they're saying 100. I think 30 is, it's not realistic to own 100 stocks. If you own 100 stocks, you might as well just buy the index fund. But if you're picking stocks, if you have 30 stocks from different sectors, then yeah, that's a concentrated portfolio that has a chance of beating the index and you are diversified. Now, let's say you have 30 stocks in a portfolio and they're all equal weight. So you have a 3.3% position in each. Now, you want to weight your positions by conviction. So the stronger you feel about a stock, the more, the more money you should invest in it. And if you're really sure on a stock, then a 10, 15, 20% position is not unwarranted. If you are less sure, if you don't really know, then maybe a 1% or 2% position. Of course, there are times when you are really, really sure and it doesn't work out. That's happened to me before, but hopefully that doesn't happen too often. Diversification. Diversification. The more you diversify, the more you bring your returns to the average. And the average is good enough for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people, they, they're, they're fine with the average. And 99% of people listening to this podcast should not be worrying about diversification. They should be buying an index fund and holding it for the long term. And by the way, if if I wasn't doing this business, if I didn't have a newsletter where I had to pick stocks, I wouldn't I probably wouldn't be doing it. I would pro, I don't know if I would buy index funds. I'd probably buy actively managed funds, but nonetheless, I would be buying mutual funds and just sitting on them instead of picking stocks. Seriously, you know? But I have been somewhat successful at managing a portfolio, and I intend to keep doing it for the foreseeable future. And you know why? Because it's fun. And investing is fun, and that's why most people do it. You know why it's fun? Because money won is sweeter than money earned. You know, earning money in your paycheck really isn't that satisfying. You know, you get your you get your pay stub every two weeks and you make a couple of thousand bucks and you're like, yeah, you know, big deal. But if you if you buy a stock and it goes up 100 percent and you make 15,000 bucks like that's that's satisfying. That's why people do it. So which is more fun? You know, I get it. By the way, we the United States is a country of crazy gamblers. 
People take huge risks in this country, which is not what people do in other countries. People don't do this in France. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have like AMC apes in France. You don't have people day trading. No, they, we're nuts in this country. We are gamblers, not to mention DraftKings and all the sports betting and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's part of our culture. You know, we're risk takers. It's also a function of the age that we're living in. And the fact that the stock market just went straight up for two years, you know, and that encourages a lot of speculation. You can do very well by buying an index fund and dollar cost averaging and holding it for 40 years. You can do very well, but you will not get rich. You will not get rich doing that. You will only get rich by making a crazy bet. Just like the Tesla people, there were people who made a crazy bet on Tesla and it went up 10,000%. And it paid off, you know. And if you really want, if you really want to try to shoot the lights out, then trade futures, you know, open a futures account. I love trading futures. You know, I started I started off doing this at the Brothers Lehman uh, when I was doing index arbitrage. I mean, obviously we were trading S&P futures and NASDAQ futures and mid-cap futures and Russell futures, but also interest rates. We traded Fed funds, traded euro dollars. I, you know, I started out my career trading futures. And then when I was running the ETF desk, we had all kinds of uh, interest rate and commodity products, and I was trading all different kinds of futures. The thing with futures is that you put down a small amount of initial margin. And you can get exposure to a huge notional amount of the underlying, which can be dangerous. If you are trading futures, you need to have risk management because this is how people get their asses blown sky high. Okay, I've had I've had some big winners in the futures world. I've had some really big winners. I've had some smaller winners. And in 2017, I almost blew myself up. So it was bad. It was bad. I lost so much money that I got a call from the risk management people at my broker, and they're like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm okay. Just it's having having a little uh, tough run here, but I'm fine." And, uh, and now I'm eating shit, but it it worked out in the end, you know. So, and it worked out. It worked out. One of the reasons it worked out is because I can take an infinite amount of pain, but I don't recommend doing what I did. You should have some discipline. Everyone wants to get rich. Well, not everybody, but most people. I was talking to a high school classmate about this a few years ago, and uh, he he had made some private investments. He made some big bets, I think, on some startup pharmaceutical companies and stuff like that, biotechs, and none of them worked out. He lost all his money. And uh, I said, look, man, you got to take your shot. He says, I took my shot a couple times, and I missed. And yeah, I get it, but nothing ventured, nothing gained. You got to take your shot or you can put all your money in index funds and have a comfortable retirement. And there are worse things than a comfortable retirement, you know. But the way I look at it is I only get one shot here on earth and I want to maximize it as best I can. Anyway, that's it for me today on the Be Smart podcast. I'm Jared Dillian. See you later.